Are you going to be rolling while we're talking? Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, bro. Why not? Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's do this. All right, man. You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. Thank you for tuning in to The Oliver Manalise Show. I'm your host, Oliver Manalise, and this is where it's my job to talk to high achievers and discover how they navigate breakdowns and turn them into breakthroughs. Hear the raw and real stories of entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, and leaders of all kinds. Today is a very special episode as it is with one of my childhood friends, cannabis and real estate entrepreneur, Bassam Hanna. But before we dive in, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and find all the subscribe links at olivermanalise.com forward slash show. There you'll also get the full episode list, show notes, resources, and more. This episode is brought to you by Reinvention Roadmap, a two-day workshop experience I run to help you gain clarity, direction, and confidence in navigating your next big breakthrough. The next Reinvention Roadmap is happening the weekend of March 2nd and March 3rd of 2019. If you are a high achiever and realize that all the things that got you to the success that you are won't get you to what's next, this is for you. We train you in the 10 steps of aligned reinvention, the framework I use with my one-on-one clients over a 12 to 18 month period, synthesized into two jam-packed days. If you're ready for the next level of power and possibility in your life, relationships, and business, head over to reinventionroadmap.ca for tickets and details. And as a special thank you for being a committed listener to the show, use the promo code OMSHOW to save yourself 10% off. Seats are limited to 12, so get your tickets now at reinventionroadmap.ca, promo code OMSHOW. On the show today, we have Bassam Hanna. Bassam is the co-founder and former CEO of TerraSend. TerraSend is a biopharmaceutical company in the cannabis space. Bassam is also CEO and founder of Almega Capital, which is a real estate fund, and Almega Co., which is a property management firm. This guy is, is definitely a special episode for me. Bassam's one of my oldest friends and definitely one of the oldest friends I've had on the show. Not only that, we reconnected a few years ago as Bassam was just getting started with TerraSand and I got to see little bits and bites of how much of himself he put into getting that business started. On top of all of the other stuff that you got to do, like take care of your growing family, take care of your well-being, and manage his, exist- his existing real estate fund, amongst so many other things. Bassam's a source of inspiration for me. I learn so much from him every time we get to spend time together, we have lunch together, we have our workouts together every once in a while, and I'm really glad that we were able to put this episode together, which by the way, we recorded the day that cannabis became legal in Canada, and around that time, his company hit a billion dollar valuation. Together on the episode, we talk about so many different things. We talk about how Bassam's day looks right now, which by the way is very, very different than what it was just a year ago. We talk about how and why Bassam got into real estate, the role, this is huge guys, the role his community played in growing his life and his business. If there's anything that you take away from this episode, I really, really hope it's how powerful and how important having a community is. Bassam talks about quitting a successful career to start his real estate fund, Almega. The interesting story that led him to the cannabis space, 
Uh, the other interesting thing that we noticed was every time he kind of progressed through his journey, the theme of ready, fire, aim kept showing up. That's a really good one for us perfectionists, procrastinators, and overanalyzers. He talks about how he felt about having his laptop open the day his daughter was born when TerraSend was being taken public. We talk about the challenges and triumphs in raising millions of dollars. And Bassam also talks about and breaks down the boredom and depression that unfolded after stepping down as CEO of TerraSend. Which, by the way, during that point of the interview, he was actually rolling, that's right, a joint, which we got to enjoy after the interview. Bassam's story is filled with a ton of gold, and I'm honored he was willing to share his story with me and with you on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with pleasure I present to you my interview with Bassam Hanna. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Oliver Manalise Show. My name is Oliver Manalise, and I'm here with the powerful Bassam Hanna. And Bassam is actually the co-founder and former CEO of TerraSend a biopharmaceutical and wellness company in the cannabis space. Bassam led the company from its inception in January 2014 to the successful completion of a 52.5 million private placement with JW Asset Management and Canopy Growth Corporation. During his work at Terrasen, Bassam oversaw all aspects of the business, including licensing, capital markets, construction, and staffing, he resigned his position as CEO in January 2018, but remains on the board of directors. He also has 10 years of experience in real estate, where he has held positions with First Capital Realty, the Rose Corporation, and Almega Capital, a company he founded. Over his career, Bassam has, intimately, has been intimately involved in the acquisition, development, and disposition of over $1 billion in real estate assets through, throughout North America. He earned his honors in business administration from the Richard Ivey School of Business in 2007. He is a husband, a father, a CrossFitter, and a friend of mine for years, having years. attended elementary school and then reconnecting a few years ago for a couple workout slash self-care oh dates, I'd say, where we catch up, we do some strength training together and decompress and de-stress with some sauna, hot tubbing, and great conversations. I just had to have him on the show, guys. So he can share his incredible journey, his experiences, and wisdoms with you all. His wisdom with you all. Bassam, Thanks, it's a pleasure man. to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming. How does, it my feel, house. Yeah. how does it feel to, to hear that bio? Uh, like, uh, I get very embarrassed. Not like in a bad way. I just like, I, I'm, I don't like attention that much. I thought I did. I actually, I swear to God, I thought I did. I wanted to be like so famous and so whatever. And then like, as it's not happening, not that I think I'm getting famous, but like as more and more people like recognize me before I recognize them, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I get why it's like a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in a great, like amazing way. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. You've accomplished so many amazing things. And I would love Thank for you. people to get a snapshot of what your life looks like as it is right now. And then we can go back into the history, into the story. Sure. Um, okay. So as it is right now, and we'll go back and explain why it is this way. But, uh, you know, like I, my priorities are try to spend maximum time with my children. I have a a one and a half year old and a three and a half year old, a three and a half year old boy and a one and a half year old daughter. Um, 
they're amazing and I'm fortunately in a position where I don't have to go to work like and work 18 hours a day and there's food on the table and all that stuff so uh you know I can we swear yeah yeah I feel like a dickhead if I like if I somehow like neglected my children like through this entire thing so uh wake up every morning I'll walk you through like a day I wake up every morning um I try to wake up with the kids to give them breakfast but I hate waking up early um, but then my job, like the deal is my wife will take care of the kids, uh, during in the morning, as long as I guarantee that I'm going to take them to school. So I take my kids to school every day. Um, and then basically my wife and I work together, um, with everything that's kind of happened to us where we just realized that, you know, we're kind of in this together. It didn't really make sense for her to work at somebody else's organization and try to like build up that organization when we're collectively trying to build up a family organization. So, you know, she's my equal, my partner in everything that we do outside of work. And then we just kind of looked at each other. We're like, okay, we both bring a different skill set to this thing and we care about, no one's going to care about it more than we are. So like, let's start doing it together. So we go to the office, um, where we manage a few businesses together now um, the idea being that we give strategic direction to these businesses, we help capitalize them, like give them money when they need it, um, and make sure they're kind of like going along their path. Uh, we're intimately involved in kind of everything that we do. Uh, and then at like, regardless of whatever's happening at five o'clock, we pick up the kids, come home, have dinner. And then like normally it's like parent stuff like Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays, the kids have activities. So like we take care of them, we feed them, we send them to their activities. And then we like, once they go to bed, it's just like you're exhausted and you (laughs) go to sleep. So you watch a couple hours of TV and then you go to sleep. (laughs) That's basically it. I love that. It sounds like when you share that, I can hear that you stress the importance of having time with your family and that really it comes first for you it's number one like i i through terrasend i work unfortunately had to be number one uh for a little bit of time and i knew it was a little bit of time but it was it's it, it is a big big responsibility to, to like make something you're like a part of you like i know it's it's not like it's it's com- it's comparable to my kids but it's almost the closest thing because you're nurturing something as you're growing it. Although it's not a real human, but it, it involves a substantial amount of humans. You know, like you hire your first employee, you have a responsibility for that person. You have, you, you get to 10 employees, you have, you know, 10 people's families are kind of relying on you to do something. Right. And then you've also probably got your investors with their response. So it's like the same way that your kids are relying on you, like the job relies on you too. So it's Mm. just, it's trying to find that balance I'm fortunate enough right now where like I'm in a place in my life where I think I'm learning about balance. I don't even think I've found balance. I just think I'm learning what it actually means. Um, and it just, it always comes back to the fact that I'm like, my family is the most important thing. Like all this stuff can come and go. And you know, I've like you and I grew up together. We grew up kind of like in the same, uh, like wealth bracket. We yeah. were like, our parents were like modest incomes. They, we went to like a, you know, shout out to Corpus Christi, but like there's <laughs> better elementary schools. <laughs> uh, but like, it's like when no, when you have nothing or, or not nothing, but when you have very little, um, there's, uh, no one really pays attention to you, but these people, right? So yes. then when 
there's a lot more people paying attention to you. Like you got to reciprocate. Like these people were there from the beginning. They love you. They care for you. They have your best interest all the time. So, you know, treat them accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just move the mic a little bit? Like this? Because you're speaking this way. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. How about we go like this? Yes. There you go. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Love it. All right. So, um, Today is a very important day. Yes. There's a reason, there's a reason yeah, why we chose. October 17th. Yeah. October, it's October 2017, 2018. No, October 17th, 2018. 2018. It is Cannabis Day. It's Cannabis Day, and there's a reason why why you are here on the show today and why yeah. we're here meeting face-to-face as mm-hmm. opposed to on Skype or Zoom. Yes. Because <laughs> we're going to smoke weed together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had I did a little Facebook live right before this to ask people if there's any questions that they want to ask of you. Actually, yeah, as oh a, my God. as a real okay. estate and cannabis entrepreneur, I think that's like a new era of entrepreneur, right? Cannabis entrepreneur. Yeah, man. And uh, one of my friends says like, "You look, you're really excited." And I sent them a message and was like, "I'm also nervous because this is gonna be the first time cannabis will be consumed uh, during the podcast." Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I also try not to make a point like there is a very um, prevalent stigma that like you can be a pothead. Actually, I'm kind of nervous about smoking for two reasons. One, I don't want to propel negative stereotypes. Like I like where, Oh my God, mm-hmm. a bunch of stoners are on a podcast doing something, which is why I was like, let's speak sober first. And then the other thing that I'm scared of, and I'm like full disclosure, I don't like, it's an experiment here is I don't want to make it too okay to smoke weed because smoking weed is just like drinking, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like no one should be drinking on the job. Yes. Right. Or, and like right now we're doing something to try to like, like we're, we're working. So yeah. like, like, but it's a special day. And it's a we'll, special day. Yeah. It's, it's commemorative. I mean, you're in. I just wanted that on business. the record. I wanted that on the record Absolutely. that I recognize that these are two very big things that I'm probably propelling right now. I, and right? I, I view it definitely as a plant medicine and it could be used very appropriately mm-hmm. And it could also be abused. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, we're doing this not to promote the, the abuse of it, but just more to open up the conversation. Because I know that today there's probably people out there who are, you know, talking to their families and they're like, oh, maybe we should try it now. Maybe we, we'll do it tonight or we'll make some brownies or whatever it is. I know that there's probably a lot of people thinking, oh, wow, like it's, like, it's becoming legal. It's happening. Like, they, they might have never tried it in their whole lives for mm-hmm. decades. And now all of a sudden okay, let's, let's see what all the fuss has been about. Why has it been prohibited yeah. for so many years? So I think um, for, more than anything, it's just for us to kind of just commemorate the, the day yeah. that it is and, and try not to make it such a, such a big deal. Right, but what also, I've, I think it's a great. No, I think no, it's a huge deal. I mean, not not in terms of uh, like it's like like smoking weed so bad or whatever. Yeah, That's what remove I mean. the stigma. Yeah, let's remove, remove, remove the, the stigma. stigma. That's yeah. what I mean. It's yeah. a big we are, deal. In we terms are of two it's successful professionals, yeah. and like like everything else in life, anything in moderation is probably okay. Mm-hmm. And again, like there's no blanket statement that covers anything, um, but it's like if. The things that I've I'm so much more involved in this industry than most people, right? And like we saw it grow. Like I'd love to say that I'm a pioneer in the industry, but there's there's a whole group of people um, through uh, the old licensing regime, the old licensing regime called the MMAR that paved the way like 15, 20 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Into like working with the government, making pot for sorry, making cannabis for for 
medical purposes. And that kind of transitioned into like the ACMPR and, or the MMPR and then the ACMPR, which is when we got involved. Um, but like, man, I, because I'm around people that know what it's about, it's, it's very, I'm, I have a very, it's like almost seen, I, see, I can see into the future when like this, the stigma is removed and what it's going to look like. And a, the opportunity financially B like the way that it, I think it's going to have to incorporate into like social culture. Like I think it'll change social culture, right? It, it already is. And it's, but, but it's one of those things that's kind of like it's behind the scenes and people don't want to yeah. talk about and people are kind of afraid. And, and that's kind of the, the removing the stigma part, I think is such a huge aspect of this all. But, but, but before we go into yes. the, History. Wor- the world of cannabis yes. and, and how you got into it, I would love to know what got you here? What would you say are some of the most defining moments that have led you to, to where you are right now? Okay. It, it's, that's a great question that has a very long answer, which I'm, um, my, the thing that I've learned more than anything and the kind of the takeaway from this before we even start is just like everything is interconnected, you know, like, and you, like you can compartmentalize parts of your life in certain aspects, but if you like kind of step back and look at everything that you're doing, like even just my journey, um, it's, it's just like, it's crazy how things happen. So, um, so I'll start from like school. So I went to school in like I went after like we left Corpus Christi and I went to high school um, at Xavier. We or San Francis Xavier. We uh, I, I like I didn't care about school at all. I I I really didn't like it. I I didn't want to be there. I thought like I didn't fit in socially. Um, just cause I, I was so uncomfortable myself and there was like experiences of like bullying from when like I was younger. And so it made me like shy and not want to like, like go out there. Um, but then it, and then, and then, and that kind of translated into like, I, I didn't really get my pick of university. Right. So, but I, I was, I had decent enough grades where I went to Ryerson for my first two years of university. And, and when I was there, I, my eyes kind of got opened. I, I, I tried. I was like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to apply myself. I just want to get good. I want to see if I can get perfect marks. Not, not for nothing, but the fact that I always just did enough to get by. And then I was like, I, I tried and it worked. Like I got my first, like whatever, A or A plus. Or, 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 and I was like, man, like this is great. And then I noticed the people around me. I'm like, man, I feel like all of these people are smarter than me. But it's just like, no one's trying. Right? So I like kept doing it. And then like, it became a habit. Like over the course of two years, it became a habit where I was like, no, I want to be the top of my class. I want to be smart. I want to get it. Like everything is like, that's what I want. Um, and then, but as I was doing that, I was, I was realizing like, I started like have questions with myself. I'm like, what am I trying to do with my life? Like I'm studying, I'm, I'm doing a undergraduate business degree. I'm keeping it pretty general, but like, what am I trying to do with my life? Um, and I'm like, and am I giving myself, and I'm like, I don't know the answer right now, but if I don't know the answer, the, the best thing, and it's, it's easily articulated for me right now, but this took a long time to figure out back then, and I kind of backed into the answer. But if you don't know exactly what you want to do, you probably want to leave yourself optionality, right? And I'm like, in Ryerson, even if I get A pluses, I'm going to, like, there's a certain level of job that it'll be really hard for me to get. Like, there's some certain things where you need, like, a pedigree, and you got to go to the right schools and know the right people and, like, mm-hmm. and be trained to this stuff, and this is just not available there. Um, 
So I transferred over to, I, to the Richard Ivey School of Business because their program actually starts in the third year. I was actually, when I, w- when I made the decision that I'm like, I need to get to a, uh, a school that will open up a few more doors for me, I was ready to actually go back to high school, redo uh, like my grade 12 year, get better marks, and then reapply for first year somewhere else. So I was like, you know what, man, it's three years, but in the grand scheme of things, three years is not that big of a deal. Um, but then just by fluke and looking for like top schools or top business schools or whatever, I found Ivy and then it caught my eye that there, there's like a three, there's a, their, their program starts in the third year and they, they accept transfers. So I'm like, man, there's an opportunity for me not to have to miss, like I wouldn't have to like rewind my life a little bit to make up for some mistakes. Um, so I like jumped on it. I like, I put everything, my heart and soul into the application. Um, and just coincidentally, I was like, but you know what, as a backup, if I don't do this, or I'm not sure if I'm going to get in, um, I'm going to like apply for exchange school in, in like to do an exchange program for my third year of, of university at Ryerson. So I got accepted for exchange in May. And then they're like, you gotta, you gotta let us know by June. And they don't send out acceptances for Ivy until July. So I called Ivy and I'm like, please, like, you gotta let me know if I'm getting in. And they're like, we can't do that. But but what I'll tell you is like your application would qualify you to get in like, you know, nine times out of 10. So I'm like done. And I took a big risk. I'm like, you know what? I'm done with exchange. I'm like, I'm going to hope. And like literally like the beginning of July, I got my acceptance to Ivy and I'm like, okay, sweet. Right. But I still know nothing. And like, I'm, I don't even have confidence in myself. I I know like, I'm like still raw. Um, I get there to Ivy and the way that Ivy structured, they have like a mentorship program from the minute you get there because they know something like they really want to like fill up these two years. And I know I'm plugging Ivy a lot, right? but it, it, it was a big part of my, like who I am today. Um, they, so they, they partnered me up with a guy with a mentor from the year prior to me uh, or earlier than me. And his name, Shalu Silva, like shout outs. Cause you're the man. Um, they, he, um, he's basically like, he like, it, it's so weird. Cause I, I didn't know that I was social. I always thought I was socially awkward, except in Western and like people drink more. People have like, like there's less parent supervision. There's whatever. So you kind of discover yourself. And I was like getting drunk like a lot, but I was getting like, but I was like, like the, the life of the party or like, I would like want to host the party. I was, I was like, I was like, who am I? Like what, like what, what just happened? Like, I'm not this person at all. Um, and then, like that led into like me running for like a social rep in my section and I like I got it and then it just led to like me being much more involved in my school and I'm like man there's so many more benefits and like it, like the more you put in the more you get out that was kind of the general lesson that I learned from that um and that led to me understanding like again if you want optionality because you don't know what you want to do with your life you like give yourself the broadest options. So you can do things to demonstrate to people that you know how to work hard and work smart. And there's a couple of jobs that require you to always work hard, work smart, uh, which are like investment banking and consulting. Um, I, I, the, the fear for investment banking was like, you had to work so many hours. It was like, it was like 18 hours. Like, like the, the constant thing, like you would hear the guys from the year before us that did summer placements and be like, man, we worked 14 to 16 hours. And it was like, I'm like, this sounds like torture. I'm like, they got paid the most, but I'm like, but I'm like, what a grind. You didn't like, you didn't do anything but work, you know? So I was like, okay, maybe consulting. I want to slow you down for a second. Sure. So it's, so there's like a, 
there's an interesting path that you went on and you just started you you decided at some point to excel and move forward and step up your game yeah what, what was the underlying driver motivation Pro- at the beginning it was probably like uh to prove people wrong like why is that where, where does that come from man i've when if you're not confident in yourself the things that people say to and around you impact you more right so when i had no confidence in myself no confidence in my abilities i i didn't understand that hard work is a lot of the reason why things happen right and like being committed and not wanting to give up right and like do so so but it takes a long time and it's like a lifelong journey to to learn that stuff like it's easy to say you know and you hear all these like like the motivational speakers and all that other stuff and and like you read documentaries but at some point it just has to like like click in you like i just don't want to suck like i want i can do better and i want to see that i can was do there better. a pain that made it click <sighs> It was more the feeling the one time like when when like that first time that I threw like a house party. It's so weird that it came back to like partying that like that's what <laughs> kind of makes me weird. but it was just I just realized that um kind of everybody feels the same way. Yeah. Right? So if if you're comfortable enough opening up or inviting people into your house or talking about it or doing whatever um more often than not people will resonate and they're not going to like be like ah oh, that's a stupid idea or look at this asshole or whatever like they're more like they're going to probably like the more sincere and whatever that you are in everything that you do, the more it comes back. So yeah, like the general trend was, I don't, I don't want to be lazy about these things anymore. Like I know I can do better. So until I've exhausted that option or, or, or explored that road, it's all, it always like lingers in the back of my mind. Like, did you really try your best? Like, did you? Mm. And like that, kills me <laughs> like for- but we were we were pretty competitive in elementary school like i remember that we would always be part of the top of the class yeah so it's interesting that in high school you had like a little dip where you didn't care anymore man that- but think about it i moved from i was supposed to go to gates yes. with you guys and, and I, I was supposed to too yeah but i went yeah. to xavier and you went to st joe's I went to st joe's yeah so we left our like our home our crew but that actually that so that actually might have been the pain point that i didn't want to feel like in high school i those four years I wish I could do back like knowing who I am now I'm like man I like I but you need to go through that like I needed to experience the fact I'm like I saw a lot of people do a lot of amazing things in high school and I was just sitting back and I'm like man I sucked like I'm like so unmemorable in high school because I just didn't want to like try put myself out there get hurt do whatever so like I'm like forget that stuff like what was the conversation with your parents did they have any say did they have any comments about how you were doing during that time my parents are super supportive um and like now that i have kids i'm starting to realize like the genius of their parenting methods right i'm just like oh man like because it's easy to yell at your kid and try to make them to like try to form them into something but i i think it's very wise to let them take their own path um my parents let me take my own path they they like make sure like i stayed within like some general lines like you know like (laughs) don't don't drop out of school don't whatever but like it they're just like listen if you're gonna be a shitty person then you're gonna get shitty results in life so you got to deal with it and my mom would always i always remember this and my mom's like like she's a very religious person and we're a religious family she's like do your best and leave the rest up to god so Mm. when i would fail when i was younger she'd be like did you do your best 
right? And then I'd be like, like you can answer the question and you can like tell yourself, like I think I did my best. But if you're at the end of the day, you have to be honest with it's yourself. Deep down, like it's you deep know, down. You know, you that know. You're lying. yeah, you know you're lying, or you know you're telling <laughs> the truth. And, like leaving it all out there, it's like if you're gonna do something, you might as well do it right, right? And and no one's gonna do nothing forever. So mm-hmm. whatever it is that you choose to do, like just like see what happens if you give a maximum effort. If you put yourself out there, that's that's kind of like what I was like thinking about. So anyway, so I. I finished Ivy. I got a consulting job. Um, I realized that work-life balance was not for me. And I moved to the UK. Like, to, my job was in the UK. Um, oh, I, didn't, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. yeah worked, how long was that for? It was like eight months. Like, I, I okay. did like a, a summer and then a little bit longer. And then we we're both me and the company were just like... Just parted. We're just like, <laughs> like they're like, oh, you're not very good at this. I'm like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> And I, I took that, I, this might be the first time I've ever admitted that, right? Because I always used to be like, oh yeah, it was a summer and then it stopped. But I'm just what like... What kind of consulting? It was like management consulting at like a wow. big consulting firm. It was like, it was like, it was like when I came back home, because um, I was abroad anyways, when I came back home to graduate with my friends, they're like, yo, you got a job at Boston Consulting Group, like congratulations. And then I took it all in, but I knew I was lying to myself because I'm like... So really, you had like a great title, great company. Everything. People were like, wow, congratulations. No, no, yeah, 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 it was like like people like would kill for this job. People would kill for this job if they got the Toronto office. I got like the London UK office. So like they're Even like better. like an expat. Yeah, like, it was like uh, it was like it was great. It's glamorous. Yeah, but I couldn't do it. Like I just I sucked at it. Like <laughs> like the reality is I actually sucked at it. I'm not good at like that level of detail, <laughs> that level of work. But at the time, man, I like it was the biggest failure internally and i didn't have the heart to tell anybody i swear this might be the first time that i ever talked about that how did you so what was it that was a failure is it the fact that you that you left that i wasn't good at something or that you weren't good at it yeah i wasn't good at something and then how did you internalize the failure how did you experience it i think i'm actually doing it right now i just i i was like okay this is like a defining moment for you like the next thing you do like i i I, at the time i excused i i excused my behavior but i'm like man management consulting sucks and i was away from my family and all this stuff but the reality is the job's amazing it's very useful and it's just not for everybody and it wasn't for you and it wasn't for me like it's not the way i i want to run my life so it like it didn't fit but at the time i couldn't accept the fact that that i had a choice in it not fitting because I didn't know that I, I, in my mind, I was just like, I just can't work. Like I, I just didn't understand it. Right? I'm like, I'm like, they're asking me to do things and I'm trying my best to do them. Or I thought I was trying my best to do them, but I was literally performing the actual task they were asking. They were telling me to do as opposed to seeing like the broader picture of the goal they were trying to achieve. So that's in retrospect, that's probably what it was. Wow. But at the time I was just like, I, you know, what did you take from that experience? Uh, like you're not the shit and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's humbling. Very man. Like, like when your manager tells you like, yo man, like they're like, do you want to try another project? Like maybe this one's just not for you. And I'm like, you know what, man, I don't think it's the project. I think it's me. But in retrospect, I, I, I want to go back and try another project to see if I can do it now, mm. but I'm not going to do that. But like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I should have said yes. And I didn't say no. So the, the, like there's a lot of lessons and like, and then they show up at different times. Right. Yeah. So, I, but I do always remember that experience. I remember like everything about it. Like there's certain moments in my life that are ingrained. Like I remember what I wore and like what the weather was like. And like, that was one of them. Like the the conversation I had with my manager and the HR person at that time was like, 
like there. So anyway, so I came home and I was like, I'm going to take a year off. Like I'm, I'm going to chill, like I, whatever. Um, and like literally a week later, I, I, my buddy sends me a post. He went to Shulik. So I went to Ivy. He went to Shulik. We used to like jock each other and, 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 He's like, he's like, try this real estate post. It's like a junior analyst position, probably made like $50,000 a year. Like it was like probably half the salary I used to make before. Um, and, but I'm like, but man, I've like the richest people I know are in real estate. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm and gonna, how old, how old are you here? Like 20, like 2007. So I don't know. 2000, beginning of 2008. You good? Yeah. yeah. So it's like the beginning of 2008. Um, and we're, and so I don't know, like, I'm like 22, 23. Um, the, and, and I go there and I meet the, the manager and the, and, and the vice president that I would be reporting to. It's like in, in acquisitions and development inside a real estate firm that does extremely well. Um, and by fluke the night before, like, like such an idiot before my interview with them, I got into a bar fight and I broke my hand. So I walked in with like a boxer's cast. Like it looks like a boxer's glove in the form of a cast. And you can only get it from punching people. Like You got in a drunk fight? Like a bar fight right before my, my like interview with these people. Like the night before. So I'm like, I'm walking into this thing and I'm wow. like, yeah, again, but this is an example of me not taking life seriously. Like, it's just like, I, I just didn't, but in that instance, it worked out because they were like so down to earth and they're like, they're still friends of mine. Um, and so I made up this like elaborate lie about like how I was helping my friend move like a dresser and I bumped my knuckle on like a, the corner of a door and everybody in the room, including myself and both of them and the HR lady, they all knew it was bullshit. But then they called me the, that night and they're like, we're going to give you the job on one condition. And I'm like, what? And they're like, we're going to take you out to like a hockey game and you're going to tell us how you really broke your head. Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, so it's like, oh man, I'm home. So I was like, uh, so was that like, um, like almost like self-sabotage, but it didn't, I don't know. Like I, I've like never reflected that much yeah. on it, except for the fact that like when I was, you're, when you're young, you do yeah. like no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be as mature at 23 as you are at 33. Like, I can't believe that was 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm like, there's no, uh, there's, I'm not, I'm not the same person. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what got you into the real estate. So world. I, that got me into real estate. And then I saw like the, and then like something weird happened. So like the vice president got, um, like they, he parted ways with the company and then the manager followed suit. So I had, so as a junior analyst, I had extreme exposure to like, like the senior vice president and the CEO of the company. And this is like a multi-billion dollar real estate company called First Capital Realty. So, so I get exposed to like this. So they, the, my, the entire acquisition development team is now this analyst and they've hired like new managers and whatever, but I have all of the knowledge of the deals that we're working on. So I get exposed to this and I start seeing some like high level deal structures and things like that. So at like, uh, so I was, I started at 23 at 25 I'd been there for two years. Um, I thought I knew everything. Like I like a big part of me is like, I'm like over at this point, like my, now I'm like, I'm, I'm young. I live downtown by myself or with my roommate. Uh, you know, we like, we're like, I feel like I'm like, like hot shit. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what, man, I'm like, I want to be like a 25 year old, like millionaire, whatever. Uh, and like, and I'm, I'm going to start my own fund. I'm going to start my own real estate fund. So I find a plaza that, 
is like in halt in like in in a suburb of Toronto and and I tie it up and I try to raise the money and I actually raised the money right I raised the money from like a bunch of my members of my community that I knew had money and but you had never done that before. never never I was just like fuck it like and they trusted you I like they trusted the fact that we were buying real estate and I sold the fact that I knew what I was they doing. Trusted the, they trusted the deal. They trusted, they trusted the, the deal. Like they'd say it was a pretty good deal. But then what happened was I knew nothing about managing money like, and, and putting uh, – and like, like structuring it legally. And like I, I, I never had to deal with that. I only knew how to buy the actual – like get to the point where we have bought the property. And then after it was transacted – like bring it back and like renovate it or do whatever, like the actual operational roles of real estate. Um, and even then I didn't even know that then that much. I was just an analyst. I was a financial analyst, but because you're like, because I saw the finances, it touched every other department. Like it would Mm -hmm. touch construction. It would touch legal. It would touch like leasing everything. So it was like, so it was just like learning by osmosis. Um, so I quit first cap and I tried to start this thing and I fell flat on my face. Like, what does that mean? What like, does that look like? Like my investors, I, because I didn't know how to manage my investors, they actually like started talking to each other and like fighting. Like they didn't get along. So then I was like, I'm not in if that this guy's not in. And like the, guy, and like the, prop, the, the guys that are selling it are like, you need to waive conditions in a day. I didn't even realize that I didn't get financing for the property. So I had like in my pro forma, there's an amount of equity and an amount of financing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even like think about financing. So I was about to waive conditions without finance. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in over, I'm like in way over my head. So I'm just like, let's scrap the deal. But like scrapping oh, the so deal, you let it go. Oh man. I, I was so afraid. I'm like, I, we like, if I waived conditions, we would have lost a $150,000 deposit because I wouldn't you have been able to close. I, I didn't secure the financing. Right. So I was like, <laughs> so I was what, like, what, were there any like, breakdown moments during that like, man we had like or did you just keep pushing through did you no 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 I, at this point i was like i'm in over i'm in way over my head like and it's like and we raised like five million dollars of equity so i was like i was like no like i can't lose this kind of like, in my mind i'm like i i it was too real for me wow. so i so i and i realized it over my head and i didn't have the knowledge and and so i ate it so i i like the legal fees and stuff that i'd so I'd like accumulated up to this point was probably more than my net worth at the time. And like all the investors was like, buddy, like you're the one who F this up. So like you pay for all the legals, you do whatever. Wow. Um, some of them actually pitched in like and helped. Like they realized I was 25 and I made a mistake. And, <laughs> but like it was, it was again, a humbling experience. Uh, and then from there I was like, okay, if I feel like I got the operation side down enough to try this again, the thing I, I lack is, is knowledge about managing equity, right? Or, or like being on the administrative side of the deal. Um, but unfortunately, up to that point in my career, like to get in, so what I wanted to do was get into a private equity shop. I knew that's where I needed to go. But to get to that point, um, you had to have worked as an investment banker, which I purposely neglected. So again, things that like, like they like show up again. Yeah, you're like, oh fuck! Like you I could, wish I you like, could have done something. About but this. you don't know these things, right? So, um, so and again, like and in real estate, private equity is different than regular private equity. It's con- so, um, so. Long story short, I got a job at a company called the Rose Corporation uh, because they were looking for an 
an associate in their acquisitions and development team. So I'm like, perfect. It's a private equity firm as opposed to like a real estate operating firm. So at least I'll see the administrative side of that and I can bring in my operating skills and, and like try to like do deals, whatever. Um, that was in like January, 2009 that I started that. Um, and by f- like, fortunately for me, it was the U S subprime crash that happened in like September, November in 2018 yeah. or 2008. Um, and so I just came in and we had like a bunch of money that we needed to spend as part of the fund. And we, um, and we opened up the, uh, and I was like, guys, like the, the Canadian market sucks. Like it's like overheated and, and like, uh, like we'd made some investments in like the Western Canada that weren't doing too well. And like, you see these things in the U S where people are like dying for money. Like, please God, just like buy this thing for 10 cents on the dollar. Like, and it's like beachfront properties in Florida, like rental things in Arizona, things in Dallas and there are things in Texas. Like, I've, so I, I told my bosses, uh, and like, I'm like still really early in the company. I'm like, guys, like the U S is bumping. Like we should go to the yeah. U S like, they're like, they're very conservative and they're kind of licking their wounds from the, like the mistakes that they were making. So uh, or that they'd made. Um, but anyways, long, long story short. So they agreed to go to the U S and I kind of lead that strategy or I help lead that strategy. Um, and they promote me to director. So I'm like a very young director now. And I'm like, Whoa, like what the hell just happened? How old are you at this point? Now? 26. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> wow. Right. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is right. 29. Yeah. 2009, 26. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh man, like, and, and I felt like it. And, and the responsibility they gave me was there. And they nurtured me like more than anything. This was such a small shop that like they nurtured me and everybody, all the, like the senior officers and the advisors of that firm are still like, I still consider them like very close to me. Uh, and I tell them what I'm doing and they give me advice cause I'm recognized that I'm still a very young guy that has a lot to learn. Um, but so we, I did that for two years and then I was like, okay, there's a part of, there was a, there was a perfect moment for transition out of that job. Um, and so I went into my, the, the CEO's office and I'm like, listen, like I've been here for two years. You don't really need me anymore. Um, and I want to start something new. Um, and, and like, I just want to like part ways. You're like, you don't need to pay me a salary for like, we don't have any money to deploy. So like it's all been deployed. So you don't need me anymore. So he like stood up and he's just like, like I've had people that have worked for me for like 15 years that should be doing what you're doing. that haven't done that. Wow. Or something along those lines. I remember it, like it really touched me. Like, like he, like he made, he made me feel like, like, like he respected me. He acknowledged, he you. acknowledged me. Right. And I knew, and, and it was because I like, at, before I went in there, I'm like, what kind of an idiot quits a job where like, they're not asking you to leave, you know? And like, if you're going to try to start your new business, like, uh, milk the old job mm. and like whatever. But I hate lying to people. Like I cannot lie to people that, and like that should be a way that everybody so that's lives monumental lives. for you so i just i walked into his office i'm like i want to start my own thing and like I, i'm gonna i'm gonna leave so he actually is like you know what i'm gonna like give you some tips on how to start a fund and i'm like and you know, like i'll pay you until you don't need to be paid anymore until you tell me you don't need to be paid anymore so i got a better severance on honest terms than anybody else Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. And then, and that's when I started Almega. So Almega was like a real estate fund. And my whole idea was I was going to buy old rental apartments that had like crappy tenants and low rents and whatever, but in really good areas, turn them around and sell them. And I was like, I'm going to be broke for the next five years. Cause like, it's not going to make me a lot of money. 
Uh, and, I, and I'm going to try to raise money again from my community because they're the only people that would ever give me that kind of money. <laughs> like, realistically. <laughs> like, they're the only people that write me seven. So I raised like one point. So you, you, you being part of this community is a, it's a big fact. The Coptic Orthodox community is a big part of my life. Like yeah. my parents are, they were, were first generation. We all came here together. I came, here, I came to Canada from Egypt when I was four years old. Um, and my parents like were the only thing we knew was the church and the people inside the church yeah. and they like cared for us. Um, and they taught us how to be Canadian basically. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was, um, and look at the role it's played it's, it's still, nuts. And still, and it's, still playing. So I just, I just wanted to point that yeah, out. Yeah, some, yeah. some people try to do these things alone on their own, no. isolated one man show. One no man, show. you can't do that shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not the, that's so they not, supported you in, in getting the fun started. So like, I, so it's so funny cause I actually like, I told like the, one of the priests there, I'm like, Hey, I want to try to do this. And just like casually, he's like, Oh, you should call this person. So I, I call that person and this person's like, Oh, that's a great idea. I got a few more buddies and like, like fast forward a few months, Omega started, we had $1.6 million of capital and we bought our first two properties. Um, and that was in January, December, 2011. So we kept growing. We bought another property in 2012 and then so wait, 2011, you were, tw- that's when you were 25. Is that no? What? Yeah. No. 25, 26, 27. Yeah. 2011. We were 27. You're the same age as I am. Pull your calculator up. Actually, let's pull the calculator because we're going to look stupid on camera. We're, thir- we're 33. We're, th- we're just like, what's... Okay, 2018 minus... No, hold on. What are we retarded? Okay. Uh, sorry, that's, you shouldn't say that. Uh, 2011 minus 1985. 26. 26. Oh, yeah, so I started yeah. 26. Yes, okay. 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 But so you were actually younger when you were doing the... Yeah, maybe everything... Stuff. Maybe I'm off by a year on everything. Yeah, okay. Um, but I was just checking. It. I'm just like, wait, no, we're the same age. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, we are. The same age. <laughs> um, so I started it. We and we bought those first two properties in December 2011. Then we bought another one in September 2012. I remember these dates like down to like I'll never forget them. And then and then I bought an industrial building in August 2013. Um, it was my first time buying a non-residential building, and it was like 70,000 square feet. It was at Mavis and Burnham Thorpe which is like right, wow. by, right by Corpus. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, man, this is my hood. Like we grew up like, like the catwalk to my old house was yes. like behind the Petro. Like it was like, I like, I'm like, I know this building. I'm like, yeah, this area sucks, but there's condos coming up. And I'd like, I think they might need self storage. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it into a self storage building. And I knew nothing about self storage, but at this point I realized that when people gave me money, they also gave me trust and, but they gave me f- like freedom to, to operate. So mm-hmm. I would, I would, that the, the responsibility, they for, weren't hounding you. No, but, but it was, but the responsibility for their money, uh, they might as well have hounded me every day. Ah. You know, I was like, I'm like, man, I'm taking these people's money. You took I'm, on the, you took on the weight of the responsibility, but that, that like that, that is what it is, right? Like that is the responsibility of taking somebody's money in my mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is like, and you have reputation and you have rapport and you have relationship everything, with everything. And it's like, it's so ingrained, so intertwined in my life. So I'm like, it's like I doubled down. Like most people separate their lives. I doubled down. I'm like, I'm going to take money from the people that I go to church with. Yeah. That is doubling down. Yeah. But I was like, but I'm like, I have good intentions. Like, like I did my best. Like, you know, like, like yeah. my mom's point, like, do your best. So I like, I'm like, I knew I was doing my best. So I'm like, if I failed and I would always be like brutally honest with them, like, here's all the things that could go wrong. 
like that I can think of. And I'll let you know if I get like it would almost probably I'm surprised they invested because it probably sounded more negative than positive. The pitch because I was so scared. Um, but then so you're really practiced by this point in like asking for money. What do you in mean? Raising capital because I, I mean, I, mean it's, you, I hate doing it, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, but, but that plays a huge to. role afterwards. Yeah. It, it's like the one, the one constant up until that point in my life was like, I just wanted to make lots of money. Like, I, I, like it was the, it was my, I could deny it, but it is my sing, like one of my yeah, most singular focuses. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, I could deny it and tell you, like, you know, I had like a good balance. I'm like, no, I just like, I want like. You and it's just the way the society is, right? Like, like you, do you look on your Instagram and like you're following people that are driving like Bentleys and Ferraris and living in big houses and doing the coolest things and going to the funnest parties and blah blah blah. But all that, like the root of all that, is like in my mind at the time was like, like oh, it's money. Like, like all these people are rich, right? And then the, like so that's like it propels my real estate decision. It like it does the fun because now I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna make the money. Like yeah. I'm I'm the daddy. Right. Like I like I'm not working for somebody else. Um, and I had a huge time. I have I, I still think I do have a problem with authority uh, I've, in terms of like I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I'm mm-hmm. down for you advising me. And I and normally if it's advice, I take it. I, I, I listen wholeheartedly and I'm an open person. The minute you start telling me what to do, I'm like, I just shut down. I'm like. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, uh, we're in the same way when it yeah. comes to that. Yeah, yeah. Like I just don't want uh, like the, so, so self storage. Yeah, so I so I'm like I'm gonna do self storage. So um, it, like the tradition with my lawyers and I was that we would like close a deal and like they, I was young and they took me on as like a young kid and like it was like a pet project for everybody. Um, but by this point, we're like doing big deals. Like that deal was like five million or four and a half million dollars to yeah. buy that building, and we raised like two and a half million dollars worth of equity and we're going to renovate it. It was like, it's a big deal. Like this, we thought it was going to be worth like 10 or 15 million bucks as an operating business. But more, we thought as a real estate play, it was going to be worth like, like six. Like we thought we were going to make like, like we put two and a half million dollars in. We thought we were going to make like two, one and a half to $2 million on top. Um, and then at the closing dinner, I'm just like, I'm like, we're starting to get like, this is the third closing dinner I've had with my lawyer. So we're just starting to get more chummy. I'm like asking about their families. So I ask one of them, I'm like, Hey Sherry, what does your husband do for a living? Um, and she's like, Oh, actually he's just like, he's quitting his job at like the university health network. So I'm like, Oh, that's a really good job. Like he's like an executive at university health network and he's getting started in medical cannabis. And I'm just like, that's when the seed gets, that, that was it. That was like, that was inception. Wow. I was, I was like, I was like, what's medical cannabis? I was like, tell me more. I like pot. Like, <laughs> and at the time I was actually, again, like see how like your life connects. I was uh, at the time I did like some, some, uh, consulting work for my old boss to, in like a project in Muskoka. So we were, um, I was driving to and from Muskoka like once or twice a week. So I took up audiobooks and I was listening to the Rockefeller story. And I was like, this guy did not a whole lot right in his life. He did a lot. But like from a business venture, he had a lot of failed ventures, but the one that he got right was like, it was like perfectly timed, perfectly executed. So I was just like, I like saw oil and like, I like, I heard his story about oil and I heard the like cannabis was coming and I was, and I thought alcohol, like I thought prohibition and I'm like, oh my God, like imagine I could be like the Smirnoff of, uh, mm. or Bacardi, like guys that just like their families that have been in the, in the space for forever and like. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, at the worst case, if I could find a way to like get in there early, somebody will buy the work that I've done up to that point. And I was like, it's just going to be a side project, pet project, whatever. 
so I went home that night and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I downloaded the legislation from like the government website, the proposed legislation, because it was coming out in like April 2014. Um, and I like, I'm not a guy that downloads legislation. I don't even know how to find legislation up to that point. Like I just like Googled like medical cannabis, Canada, uh, like legal. Um, and it popped up like, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, when you find like, I'm like, this is like, like I knew, it's like I Eureka, knew Eureka moment. I was just like, I'm like, this is, this is going to be huge. And I'm, and I'm like, you know what? Like, even if it's not, I'm down to go down swinging, but I'm going to try my fucking ass off. So I, sorry for swearing. Um, so I, I like, I read the legislation. So the, my rule with my wife was after I close a deal, we take vacation because normally leading up to a deal, I'm busy. So, um, and like, I'm not really like focused on the family or whatever. Um, so we took a vacation This is before we had kids and we're like sitting in wherever like resort we were at and I'm reading the legislation while she's reading a book. And then I'm like, Marina, I'm like, I, I think I want to go into medical cannabis. (laughs) Right. And she's like, I love that. So, and so like, she's like, and, and she's like so supportive of like everything I do. She's like, I trust you. Like she's my biggest fan. So I'm like, and like having her by my side makes, she gives me the confidence that I sometimes that I often lack. Like, so I, wow. uh, so I, I tell her, Great and, match. yeah, man, it's like, I'm like blessed beyond reason. Um, so I tell her this and I'm like, but like, here's the thing. Like we could go broke. Like we, we could be like 30 and broke because we we're like 20, wow. like 26 at the time. Right. I'm like, like we could do this for a year, spend a lot of money and then we could have nothing. And she's like, whatever, man. Like, we, like we've been broke up to this point in our life. We're pay, <laughs> living paycheck to paycheck. So like, like we just came into like a little bit of money, like from like the deal, like, cause you get like an acquisition fee from that real estate deal. And I'm like, I'm going to blow it all on cannabis by, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blow it all on pot. Um, so she's like, okay, do, she's like, I trust you. Like, let's do it. Um, so I call up my buddy, Mike, uh, who, whose family is an, like an investor. You know, the guy who the priest's dad called to like hook this all up that his father, that, that, that man, his son is my age. His name is Michael Nasha. And we're like good buddies. We grew up in church together. Wow. So I, but now like, like at the time, and currently, and like even till today, they have like this pharmacy like empire that they never talk about, and they don't like talk like like they're very humble and b- beautiful people. Yeah, um, no but spot, they have but no spotlight on. Yeah, but they have a very successful business, and I knew Mike knew a lot, and like and beyond that, Mike is like a beautiful mind when it comes to like understanding regulations and 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 like operational workflow and all this stuff. So I'm like, there's a great balance here. I'm like Mike, cannabis is a thing. Um, I'm going to get into it. And I thought it was going to get distributed through pharmacies and he's got a pharmacy network. I'm like, let's like, you want to do this with me? And he's like, uh, you know, like he's like, yes, short. So like long, long story short, he said, yes. He's like, he's like, I've actually been talking about this with another, with another guy as well. Let's all like get together. So I meet our last partner, VJ. And like, we eat like at like a breakfast place. Uh, and it was like January or, or December 2013 or January 2014. And he's, and we're, we all just like, we're like, we all kind of had the same like effort mentality. We're like, you know what, man, let's all put in 25 G's into, like go. into a bank account. We'll have like almost a hundred G's and we'll like, we'll figure it out. And then there's like, like I could go through every step of like the Terrasand process, but it would take hours. Well, what would you say was 
one of the biggest hurdles in that journey? Licensing, like, like the patience and money required to be licensed and the fact that we knew nothing. A lot of the other cannabis companies that we, were, that we started with, they were like former oil and mining guys that knew like a network of guys that had tons of money or like um, they heard about it earlier than us or like Health Canada had like, like given them. Like, but we had an in too. We, we okay. heard about it early. Like yeah, it yeah. just like we weren't smart enough and not, we were not, not, not smart enough. We were not experienced enough to realize how big of an opportunity this was. Right? We were just like, we just applied for a license. We're like, let's, when, we get, <laughs> when we get the license, we'll figure out step two. Um, That's been like your approach. Yeah, just like you got to do it. Like just, yeah, just like it's jump really in. Ready, and, fire, aim. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. It, it has yeah. been. It really is because, like, not like over cautious and like let's have all the ducks in a row and then go. No, nothing I mean, gets almost done. all of your stories has been. It's like I found an opportunity, we got the money, and then we'll figure it out once we once we lock it up. Yeah. Yeah, and you get a gut feel about these things. Like, yeah. like you're just like, I know well, I'm doing something right. you gather enough experience to be able to get to that yeah. as well. So like, as we're going through the licensing process, we don't even have a license yet. Um, we get a phone call. Like, people start to hear about us because we're, we're, we're like networking. We're trying to like meet new people. We're, and then we like find out about like the investment banking community. Up to that point, we were a private business and we knew nothing about investment banking or raising capital from the street, Bay Street, um, or anything. Um, so we get a phone call and it's like a buddy that I went to, I went to a leadership conference with in Ivy, like in between third and fourth year Ivy. So again, like connections from the past. Uh, uh, and he's like, Hey, I, uh, I recognize that I, I, I like, I didn't realize you were in cannabis. I'm in cannabis too. I rec- I remember you from the leadership conference, like w- what would have been like six years ago. And I'm like, man, I like, I barely remember this guy. But when he said, wow. I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, I do remember him. And like, we like clicked then. So I'm like, okay, come over, like, come see the factory. Cause we, so at that point we decided to use, oh, here's the connection with the real estate. Like we decided to use that factory that I bought for self storage for cannabis. Cause like, we're like, let's just keep it vacant. And because you needed to own a location or have access to a location. Yeah. Um, so we're like, this is a huge, at the time, 70,000 square feet was like more than anybody was building. It's more than Aurora's first facility. Aurora's first facility is 55,000 square feet. Ours was 70,000. Right. And they were like, Again, the timing as well. Timing, but timing hurt us in because we actually caught the we caught the crappy end of timing in every part of our licensing process. Like we got stuck with like they stopped issuing licenses. Um, they didn't stop, but they were they like it was perp- the, the the license process was very slow because we were switching governments. We went from a, a conservative government to a liberal government, uh. and then when they came in, they had this new thing, and then they released the ACMPR instead of the MMPR, which was. Uh, because of a constitutional battle that the old users of cannabis um, were making in the Supreme Court. So like, and, and every one of those steps, the thing would change. And like Health Canada is, it's not like a, it's not going to adapt in a second, right? So like you, you, they're like, As yeah, you're you, working on things. Yeah, so it's like, just you, like you got to right wait through your nose, they switch it. You got to wait like, it. yeah, like you got to wait like uh, three, like you find like things that should take a month, take a year, right? So and you're just waiting for the next step of Health Canada's process. Um, and then during that process, that guy calls me and he's like, um, hey, man, why don't you, uh, you, you interested in selling what you have up to this point? Someone came. Yeah. That guy the, from the, the, the leadership conference 10 years ago. He's like, hey, yeah. Like, with like, an offer, we? like a real offer. Yeah. With an offer from, from Canopy. 
Like which, but I, the canopy wasn't <laughs> that big at the time, right? Uh, but they were still the biggest. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm like, no, man. And, and like in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's and it was I, th- I think the number was like six million bucks. Like he just threw out the number, and I'm like, six million dollars. I'm like, man, that's like two million dollars a piece. Like we're, we're fucking rich. Like like like. <laughs> It's more money than I like. How did you, you, you haven't grown anything. Yet I, I don't. That we point. haven't even. We don't even have a license, right? But, no, but but the but factory's the spot there. In lo- the factory's there. The spot in line is there. Like okay. it, it's like. And is there, it, was it ready to? Was was it ready? It was, for it was an empty building. Oh, it was completely. We hadn't even started. And so they were buying a shell. But we were trying to raise money to okay. do construction. So at, up to that point, what we said is, we're, let's get ready for when we get our license. So we we like hired engineers and consultants and we like designed the space and built it out and costed it. So we knew yeah, that okay. we needed 6 million bucks. So he's like, we'll give you the 6 million bucks and we'll build it. We'll like, we'll, but like it's under our umbrella. Um, then you guys run it for a little bit and then we'll take it from you. Um, and I was like, I'm like, man, like that's good, but <laughs> not Rockefeller. Good. No, but I'm just like, I'm like, okay, well if, if somebody's gonna give me 6 million bucks, I'm like, like it could like in my mind, I'm like, I could take, I could take $2 million now or I could, um, roll the dice. That's right. And like, and everybody thought cannabis was gonna like eventually like disappear. Like right now, it seems I was very very skeptical. It, like as you know, as time same. progressed, and I remember like in high school thinking about it, and I was just like, people have been fighting for this mm-hmm. for decades. And I was like, I've talked to a couple of them. I've been to some conferences, and I was just like, geez, this is not. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, is this even a, a remote possibility? If if people from the 70s and the 60s have been wanting this for so, so long. So the fact that it was like getting this close, I was still just like, really? Is this is this really going to happen? But there's some hope because you, you saw some progress in the U.S. as well, right? But Yeah, Colorado and California legalizing yeah. was – is like you can't put the genie back in the bottle, mm-hmm. right? Like once people have it and they like it and it's working and it's not like deteriorating society and – Yes. Like – it's it's really hard to start making an argument to say ah oh, like and like the tax revenue was insane in Colorado and Cali right like so like yeah it was massive for yeah them. well America's weird because like they federally can't and whatever but um, so anyway so we um, so we basically said no but we stayed close to those guys um, and we and then we just kept kind of going on and on and on and trying to figure out okay what like what's the next step what's the next step finally we get our we get our license um, to cultivate, or, or sorry, we get a, a letter of, of readiness to, if for inspection. So they're like, if you build this thing, which is going to cost us six million or seven million dollars to build, we'll come and inspect it and let you know if you can get a license. But what you what you put down on paper so far looks good. So we're like, yes. And just so that people understand, like the like people need to know one thing that came in on March thirtieth, twenty sixteen. I told wow. I told. I told VJ and Mike, I'm like, I'm out if we don't get anything by April 1st. And that was like, like a month ago. So like I, I was ready to like, like I was, I was done with this thing. I was like, I'm going to, like, it was a thing that I did. What was it? Were there like sleepless nights? Were there just just like like, getting hopeless? No, no, no. We were paying. We had to like my real estate fund has nothing to do with my cannabis venture. So when we, we had to rent the space from them. So me, Mike, and VJ were each paying $20,000 a month to keep a building vacant in the hopes that we would get a license. So after a year and a half of waiting, like we'd each put up almost a million dollars. And we're, I'm like, I'm like, I, I didn't, like, I, I was like borrowing uncomfortably half a million dollars ago. 
So I was like, I'm like, I'm like, you're already, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, I need to clean up my life. I was going to like liquidate my Omega assets and start fresh. Like it was like my exit scenario because I'm like the health Canada is like, I, I, I don't have the wherewithal to wait. Right. So I'm like, I got to like lick my wounds. That is amazing. And then, and then VJ calls me on, on the 30th because he's the one that got the emails first. And he's just like, we got it. I'm like, we got what? (laughs) He's like, he's like, we got the readiness for inspection. And, and the, the general understanding and like the, the common knowledge was if you got a readiness for inspection, you were going to get a license. You're pretty they, much greenlit. You, you just had to build it, right? I'm like, I'm, and like once it got into like construction corridors, I'm like, oh my God, like all my real estate knowledge is going to start to come into play. Like all my contractors, all this stuff. I'm like, yes. Like, like, yeah, you were like loaded. You were like ready to go. Like, but we had no money. Is- we had no money up to this point. We just designed it. We did everything, but we didn't. We didn't because no one's going to give you money until you have that letter. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Like, why so everything give... was kind of was was like in place in terms of the operation that you had designed and planned, but the funding, yeah, was missing. Was missing. And it was six million. It was six million. So, but we were still renting the building too. We didn't even own the building. But thankfully, my fund owned the building, and I had full control over that. Or like, like it wasn't going to go. That anywhere. helps. Yeah. That helps. It gave us like a back end security um, or indirect security. Um, so we, so then we go through this capital raise process. So that up to that point, I'm like, that was like, I was like, that's <sighs> around the time where we started, uh, where we probably back up, probably and, and we, maybe, we maybe a little bit before working out. Yeah. It was probably a couple of months before that. Cause I remember when we, when we were catching up, so, you were saying like what the struggles were yeah, like during the, that time. Yeah. Like when we first reconnected it, I wasn't like chilling. I was like working like, yeah. like a, like a crazy <laughs> Non-stop. person. Stop. Yeah. And it's like, and the thing is like, like how do you define entrepreneurship or that kind of work? It's like some nights you're schmoozing at events, like trying to get people, like you're trying to like find a connection to another connection to a guy that might have money, you know, or like, or you're trying to like find a way to go see Health Canada face to face because there's no way like you, Health Canada doesn't communicate. It's like a black box or the, the initial versions of this were black box. Now it's, I think it's much more organized. Um, but that's the risk reward, right? Like people that want to figure that out, then you have this competitive advantage. And, and that's what Health Canada does, right? It's like they've given, they've, they've given a first mover advantage to the people that they knew were absolutely serious about doing this right. And, and like criminal checks took a year, like every, like they check every part of your life. Um, so we, like equity raising is like a story all on its own, but the, in the conclusion was we ended up hooking up with a uh, like a, a a savvy business investor who's like I'll give you ten million dollars like you need six I'll give you ten million dollars um, but you uh, have to raise four million dollars on top because we could only raise four million from our network that's the one thing I'm forgetting to tell you we tried to raise six and we couldn't all the offers for six so you were capped all the offers up for six million were to give up control. So we're like, wow. no, we don't want to, whatever. And then this guy comes in. He's like, I'm going to give you $10 million at like an $18 million valuation. I'm like, what, what, like, what's happening? Like, these are numbers I've never heard before. So I don't have to dilute and I can buy the building from my fund. Like, it was like, it was crazy. I bought the building cash from my fund. Wow. So he's like, he's like, use $7 million to buy the building. Use $3 million to fund the rest of the construction that you're, and raise $4 million. Um, so that's what we did. How uh, hard was it to get? It's it's this. hard. It's hard because I didn't know anything. Like if if I'd done investment banking when I was younger and did private equity, that part of the business would have been much much easier. But my operational side, 
would have, I probably would have failed. We probably would have uh, like known how to sell the story, but not how to execute. And how many conversations did you have to have? A lot. To get there. Thousands. 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 Like in a day. Not you, uh, like, like how much would, how many calls would you make in a day? Oh, nonstop. Like, I, like I, all day? I would love, I would like, you know, like, thank God we have technology. Like if you looked at my phone record for that time period, I probably, I actually remember I used to talk like five or 6,000 minutes a month on my phone, not including face to faces, not including whatever. Yeah, like, so yeah. like, I don't, what's five, what's, like, what's 6,000 minutes? It's a hundred hours. I have, I have no idea. Yeah, it sounds 60, like it. Yeah. yeah. So a hundred hours month. divided by 30. So like four hours of every day or three and a half hours of every day is me on my phone talking, let alone like meetings and then actually like running the business. Yeah. Right. Um, and at this point, like Mike is part time, VJ is part time and I'm in between this and Omega. And in 2016, right when I got my license, because I was, I was getting ready to give up on this thing. I actually tied up another property. I was just, I was, I was just about to ask if, if you were doing any acquisitions for all my so because I was, I told them like April 1st is my deadline. I was closing on something on, on, uh, April 1st as well to, to like, I was like, I was moved on from this thing. I was like, I'm trying to like rebuild you were like, my life. You were like I was mentally trying to rebuild already. My life. Yeah. Um, so then I acquired this thing and then it required like a, a buttload of like, uh, renovation and, and, and like turning it around and whatever in itself. So now I'm like, I find myself where I'm like, I've already taken the money from my real estate investors and I'm responsible for this building. And I've like, now I can't say no to this opportunity. Like in my mind, I'm like, it's impossible. Of course. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to do both. Um, like, like I, I have no, like, not that I don't have a choice, but and I think that's when we, when yeah. we caught back up. Cause you're yeah. like in the middle of both. I'm like, well, how is this guy doing both? I don't know. It was not like that. That is not balance. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That is not balance. That is, that is working too hard. Um, so your kids, you said are three and a half and one three and, and a half? half and one and a half. So, so I would so have had two years ago. So, so Alex, is... Alex was born in 2015. So it was like, he was like six months old or yeah, he was like six months old or a year wow. old. No, probably like, a, yes, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, around, like, around 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 under a year. Six to 12. Um, and then <laughs> Sierra had it the worst. Cece was, uh, uh, she was born the I had my laptop open in the hospital the day she was born because we were submitting our, our, our non-offering prospectus to the, to the regular, the regulators to take our company public that night. And my wife delivered like two weeks early. So it was like, it was like, uh, and it was a scheduled C-section and we still had to deliver early. So it was like, it was like, uh, like timing. Wow. I remember I was sitting in and I was sitting in, in the hospital and CC and Marina were sleeping and I'm just like, and I'm on my laptop and I'm like, I'm a bad person. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, like, <laughs> guilt, I'm, like, I'm, like, guilt I'm, tripping like at the hospital. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not enjoying my, like, I, I'm like the birth of my daughter feels like a nuisance. Oh my God. Right. And so, and this the is first, as, this is as you're working, you're thinking, as this I'm working, I'm just like, I'm like, cause I'm like, I'm like, please don't wake up. I'm like, don't even make sounds. Like, I'm like, I'm strict. I'm like, I just want to send this out so oh. that I can like, whatever. Um, but then you like, yeah. And in, in retrospect, like you realize all that shit, it could have waited a day, could have waited a week. It could have waited a, probably not a month, but whatever. Um, but, but you, at the time, yeah. like, but that's the thing about like doing your best. And you had the urge, sense of urgency. It's and, all I knew. And... I wasn't ready to be a father of two babies, like from the first day. I actually yeah. wasn't ready to be a father of one baby from the first day. That's a whole other thing. Um, then we, so we, 
successfully take the company public and, and we took the public the company public for a variety of reasons the the bet the i can't even imagine what that looks like to take a company public like what kind of paperwork administration and people and resources to actually to 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 put that through is yeah you beyond you, my imagination it's not that bad okay. that, like okay. it, it, it's hard it's like very hard yeah but it's not like you need a you know a, a degree in rocket like science. to be intelligent yeah okay no like, you need like, to be like you i mean like to, super you, technical yeah you're not it's not like a super technical thing and, and even and added when it is like i don't think i know every part of the going public process but i know who to go to now Yes. Like okay, I know cool. the lawyers to see and like the consultants to talk to and like how to structure the company and those at the time I didn't. And, we, and like we learned from all that stuff. And was but, that more for like to rate, to be able to raise more capital? Yeah. Cause we knew we needed like after the first six came in, we're like, we need like 50 more. <laughs> so, so we're like, cause you just realize you're like, I just built phase one. I built 10,000 square feet of a 70,000 square foot building. So, and I'm selling people wow. on the fact that I'm building a 70,000 square foot building. So we just broke down the build into phases of like bare minimum amounts of things that we needed to do. And that was what and we you thought. weren't growing yet. No, man. That's, that's, we, we not, that's we, nothing yet. That's okay. nothing. Okay. We have zero. We don't, we don't, we haven't even like put a shovel into the ground. We just have an empty building. That so that's kind of like the, the, the time where there was a lot of fear. Cause like these, these companies were having uh, higher valuations, but there was no, like there's no revenue this yet. Is there's pre- nothing crazy being built. This there's is, nothing. This is okay, pre. Still pre. Like still like pre. like I don't. I can't remember what Canopy was worth at the time because because Canopy is kind of like the high water mark uh, up until this point. Um, but like it was like there there wasn't a lot of like hundred million dollar companies. Like everybody was okay, in like yeah. the tens of millions of dollars. But like because the, the bet, like people are still making very early bets on these okay. companies. Um, but the potential for them is insane. Of course. Um, so we, 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 we did this, we, we got the money and we took the company public. I had Sierra and then it was like, now it was like, it's construction time. And we, and, and I promised, and the, we made a, a deal with the guys that gave us money. They're like, if you build it and get licensed before the end of July, your company's worth $18 million. If you don't, your company's worth 12. So, and like, that's how many shares we'd get. And like, and no one thought, including ourselves, that we were going to get to like get there by July. But we're like, you know what? Everybody else is giving us a twelve million dollar valuation, so we might as well take the money from them and and like roll the dice. Yeah, we got the license in July. Like, we worked our like, my God, if I told you the amount of work that we did, like it like day and night, nonstop. At this point, Mike and Vijay are in full time. Like, we're we are probably like ten or fifteen employees. Like, and like now, now I'm learning about like things that I never even thought about. Like, how do you build an administrative structure? Like, how do you build the backbone of a company? Cause it's not just what, like, there's a big, big difference between running a big company and running a small company and running a medium sized company. They all require different things. And we went from being like a couple of part-time guys to like, no, we have to build like a, what will hopefully become like a hunt at the time, like a hundred million dollar company. So it's like, all these things are like happening. And at this point, like, I'm, like, just barely holding on. Like, my... Were you sleeping? No. No, not a lot. Like, just out of stress. Yeah. Like, it's not that I didn't There's have always the time to think to about. And... Like, these are big-ass decisions. And, like, we're, like... And lots on the line. Lots on the line. And, and, and now I'm starting to see the potential. And I'm, like, buying it. At this point, I hadn't bought into cannabis. I was, it was still, like, a secret for me. You know? Like, I would tell the people that I, that I wanted to know. But I wasn't, like... I wasn't 
you weren't proud. De- you weren't sharing it. I wasn't proud of it. I was wow. just like, I'm like, I don't want to tell people about this in case I fall on my face. And but once we raised the money, it was like, and we went public. It was like you're on because it, it really was and still is like really the edge. Like that's so so the edge of the. Market. We are right at the front now. Yeah. Like we're like I like I think at like today. Terrasend is a top 10 company by valuation um, and like our prospects. Like I think we're, we, Jesus. last week we, our company went over a billion dollars. Congratulations. Jesus <laughs> but like you can't even like, how does that feel? How does that feel? I don't know. You're the, the co-founder and you are know. like, like I, I, it feels great. It like feels like your, your surreal. effort, your intelligence, your experience, your will, like all of that contributed to contributed something. there's so much more of course there's so many more people than just me oh of like, course yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. We, like if anything we know that like the lesson is there's so many people involved there's a community there's there's yeah, yeah, yeah. having and just other like, people and like when jason and canopy came in like i think that has a lot to do with why we're like like why we have so much attention on us so much positive attention on us yeah um and that really has nothing to do with me except for the fact that i did the deal with them but um, but they like, you know, when we did the deal, the company was worth like, uh, like maybe fully diluted three to $500 million. Now it's probably worth like 1.6 fully diluted, something like that. And it's, and, and climbing. Um, and we, and our prospects That's now baffling. are, it's crazy. It's that crazy. is baffling. Yeah, we've had to like adjust. I've had to did adjust. Did you think you'd be here three years ago? No, man. You got like, you know me, like, I'm not like, I'm not this guy. <laughs> But since I am here, yeah, um, and then and then life started to get a lot easier once we got the license. Like it started to get a lot easier, um, and but then we were like, we were like, okay, we're here. We can stay here and like try to like bootstrap it. Bootstrap it being like use the money that we're keep re- reinvesting, reinvesting and, and like just try to like you're in a circle or whatever, or we can like go for glory. Um, so I tried to raise money on my own no one really had confidence in me as an executor. Like that was like the conclusion. That's what you saw. Like that's not what I saw at the time, but even now, like I understand that that's what that was. Like I wasn't a proven commodity at the time. And these people don't know me. I didn't work in, I didn't work in their industry. I like, they have no reason to know me and how many people go to them asking. They're the guys that people go to, to ask for money. Wow. Right. So, um, they're like, there was no reason for them to trust me and they didn't. Um, but I met through the guys, the, the, the resort guy, the, the guy, the, the Deerhurst resort guy, I met Jason who had put in a few hundred thousand dollars into Terrasen in our very first equity on the first $4 million that we raised. He just put it in blindly. Like he, like Jason, Jason is an incredibly well off man. And like a few hundred thousand dollars to him. And so you were, so you were licensed and you were trying to raise money. Was there any money coming in yet at this point? No, like you haven't built it. No, we just started growing. You were growing. You weren't today. Like most, most cannabis companies actually, I, I, the, like there might be an anomaly or two, but no one makes money in this industry yet because it's all getting reinvested and we're all growing faster than like we're, we're, we're growing as if it's three years down the road so that we can make sure that we maintain our competitive advantage. Okay. So we're hiring okay. people that we, that aren't being fully how many, utilized. How right many now. years do you foresee? Like how many years do you predict that you'll be lo- that like these companies will oh, be? Oh no, no, no. You shouldn't like, we should be making, uh, you know what? That is a question I can't answer. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. There's certain things I can't answer because like I'm, I'm still an insider of the company. I still sit on the board and that what you just asked me is like a forward 
like you're asking me to make a prediction about the company. Yeah. It's a, we haven't formally made predictions about our company yet. And B, if we were at this point, it's not for me to say it would yeah. be for Jason or Michael, the Jason, the chairman or Michael, the CEO got it, or somebody inside the organization that like was planned to say, um, but it shouldn't be like, it can't last forever. And we yeah. are very well aware of that. And I think like as legalization happens and there's more volume, then like our, our infrastructures can actually be tested and then we can see, you know, who's going to make money and who's not Wow. as a, as like an industry. Um, and then, so, so I, I, so he invested some money without even knowing who we were. And then I met him in May of 2017, one time at a conference that I was speaking at. That's just and, over a year ago. Yeah. And him and yeah. Mike, him and him and Mike hit it off cause they were pharmacists and like, and like the, and like Jason's whole like view on the world is very pharmacy focused like Mike's and medical focused. Um, not that like they don't have broader views, but like they got along cause they were pharmacists. Um, and then, uh, and then it just kind of nothing happened. And then we were like, okay, we want, we, we were going to run out of money again in, by the, by the end of the year, by the end of 2017. So in, in October, so I, intensive, it's, it, you get used to that stuff though. <laughs> like, m- like maybe now it seems like I got used to, but at the time, like you just know that you have to okay. do something like the, yeah. you're like, it's like, you're always just putting out fires as yeah. opposed to being able to manage something, but you have to be comfortable with that and then try to like. That's like the new norm at that point. Yeah, but you also have to put out the fires and then do a little bit of like progressive work. Yeah. But totally. you, you have to remember that 80% of your day is probably putting out fires, but make sure you do the 20% that's going to take you ahead. Yeah. Um, so uh, in October, I like pulled in like a group of my like team and I'm like, like come hell or high water, regardless of what happens, regardless of how we have to transform the company, we need to raise some money. And November 15th is the day. Like I want money in the bank. Like I want a press release that we've raised money on November 15th or earlier. And and so we like devised a plan to, to do that. Um, and then I met Jason on, it's like November 6th. He came, he like, he, he called like through the guys that introduced us. He called, um, and it, it's no secret. The guys who introduced us are the guys that, that, um, helped start, uh, Canopy Rivers, okay. which is like an, a subsidiary of, or not a subsidiary, but yeah, I guess, a it's like a arm. It's like a sister company to Canopy Growth. It's like their investment arm. Um, and so the, the two guys that started that are, are good friends with Jason. They're also like good friends of mine. So we, like that was the connection. So they're like, Jason's going to come down from New York. He lives in New York and he's like, he's going to fly down to New York from New York and, uh, and like pitch him like, you guys need money. This is a guy. And so, and we were looking for $15 million at the time because we didn't want to fully dilute the company and lose control. Um, so we meet Jason and I pitch him on the business strategy and we give him a tour. Now we're mm-hmm. up and running and we have plants and whatever. Um, and I give him a tour of the facility and he's like, you know, I was going to start my own licensed producer because I, I think I can like do better than what's being done in the space. But it's like, you guys are like, you guys are very aligned. Like we think the same way. And we did. And he's like, I want, and I'm like, okay, cool. So he flies back to New York, calls me that night. And he's like, I want to do a deal. I'm like, okay. He's like, how much money do you need? I'm like $15 million. He's like, he's like, what if I want to give you a little bit more? And I'm like, how much more? And he's like 20 million. I'm like, deal. Like, let's, do it. let's do this like because i have a good time 
So he's like, okay, let me like figure things out. I'll call you back. Calls me back the next day. And he's like, listen, I, I was going to do a $20 million deal, but like I, but the guys that from Campy Rivers, we were going to do a deal together. So like they want to do a deal too, but I don't want to reduce my position. So they're going to want to come in for some money too. I'm like, so we're going to have to, in conclusion, we're going to have to increase the size of the deal. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, what, how, do, what does that mean to you guys? So in my mind, in I'm like, of, it's dilution. So yeah. I'm like, so we're going to have to issue, uh, like our share price was like 80 cents at the time. Okay. Um, so I'm like, but we'd done an equity raise at a dollar five. So I'm like, no, under no circumstance can the equity raise reduce, dilute my, the guys that yes. went in at a dollar five, but we're not worth that. So, so like in the market, like we're a publicly traded equity and like, we're not worth that. It's like, it's, it's black and white. Um, so I'm like, okay, but I'm like, I'm not doing an equity raise below a dollar 10. So it's like a 30% premium to what we're trading at. And he's like, okay, let me get back to you, whatever. And then he calls me back, like, maybe, like, that same day or the next day in the morning. He's like, okay. Like, more developments have happened. I'm like, what happened? Um, and I knew the magic number was, I'm like, I'm, we give up control at, like, $35 million. Like, if we raise more than $35 million at $1.10, and we're giving up control. control. Um, and it was a really good deal. Like, we we'd sweetened up the deal so that we could make sure that we closed it. Uh, and so he's like, okay, so... Like we went to Canopy and Canopy wants into, and I'm and then so we're like thinking about it. We're like, okay, so we're gonna rate. And I'm like, how much? How is- are you feeling? Were you like, is this real? Is this is this happening right at now? At that point, I'm in like deal mode, so I'm okay, not. I'm so like, you're not my, even like my giddy that, yeah. excitement and whatever. I'm like, none of this is real. I'm like, it's not done until okay. it's over the finish line. And I'm like, this is now. I'm like. My, my primal instinct of like, I'm like, I need to get this deal done yeah. or I need to reject it quickly and like move on because I'm wasting time. And now it's yeah. like November. I'm like, I'm going to miss my mark. And so they're like, uh, so I'm like, how much is the amount? And they're like, well, we were thinking like $52.5 million or it was actually $50 million. And I was like, I was like, okay. I'm like, so you're basically asking me to like give up control. And he's like, he's like, like, I want to be able to like, I want to, I want to have so much invested in this company that I have no, like all my motivation is to bring all my cannabis deals to this. Yeah. So like in, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so TerraSense survives, but I may or may not survive as the CEO. And then, so like I went, we had like a board discussion about it and I went through some like internal stuff because like it's my baby and I'm basically giving it up. Um, but at the end of the day, my primary job as a CEO is to be responsible for the shareholders' capital. And I knew the minute we did this deal, I thought the stock was going to go to like two, three bucks from like 80 cents. So I'm like, it's like a no brainer. And I'm a large shareholder. So it's like, like from like the financial aspect of this thing, which is what I'm, I'm there to do, uh, like separate myself from the emotion and like accept the fact that I may or may not be the CEO. And it was like yeah. yet to be determined, but like I kind of saw the writing on the wall and like, and, and Jason was pretty candid about it. He's like, you know, we're like, we're like, uh, like he's number one and I'm used to being number one. It, the, the idea of like there being two number ones is not <laughs> exactly. real. Or like the best way somebody described it to me, like one of our board of directors, who's like a very wise man described to me, he's like, you can't sell a house and then stay and then live in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you gotta, you gotta like accept your role. Um, so we did that deal and I, instead of like butting heads or doing whatever, I decided to like bow out 
of like being the CEO. Um, and especially because I knew Mike, who is like the chief operating officer and like the guy that started the company with me, I knew he knew everything he needed to know. And I actually thought him and Jason would be a much, much better fit together. Right. And not that like I made the decision to like put them together. Jason made his own decision. Like he's, you know, I, like I, I look up to the guy like, and I like, I, I'm wow. want to learn from him. Um, but it was like, it just all made sense. So like I resigned in January of 2018. Yeah. That's earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and then Mike took over as CEO and then like, you know, fast forward till now. And the stock is now at like, what is the stock today? As we speak, I think it's like $11. The stock is like uh 10 30 today. 1030, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, all of our investors have made a lot of money. We've made a lot of Very money. Happy. Like they're all happy. We have a company that beyond like the current investors, I think we have, we've built a company that is built on some really, really solid principles. Um, the culture is amazing. Uh, and like we're, we consistently and habitually swing out of our weight class. And like, that is what we are. Like we went, it, it's funny. We were application number 517, we were cultivation license number 51. We were sales license number like 34. And now we're a top 10 producer. I, we're like, we're like, Underdog. Chomp, we're like chomping at people's like, sales, but that's what we that's love, amazing. man. That's how yeah. we are. And that's how Jason that's acts too. Like no matter how rich this guy is, it seems like he always acts like this. I act like that. Mike acts like that. So like the senior management and the board of directors kind of always thinks like that. Like, like it, they, we have the same mentality. So it's like, it clicks and the company works because of that. And then we have like great partners in canopy and rivers and like these names are crazy and I can't believe I'm saying them. And like, like, like these are the, like, uh, it's cool. It's really, really cool. Um, uh, and then like the, all the shit that happened in the middle, like taught me so much about who I am and like what I want. Um, and like how I want to try to live my life in the future. And I've also accepted the fact that I'm super young. I'm very blessed. I'm in a unique situation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to own it as opposed to like, like deflect it. Yeah. Or... And I'm going to own it. Like yeah. I, I did something really cool. If I can help other people do it, that's fantastic. If not, you know, I'm going to live a really good life. Uh, I'm going to try to like, I, I realized the importance of giving back, um, you know, cause after Terrasend, I was at a crossroads. I'm like, well, I could, I ha I know so much now. I could do this again, and I could do it better. And who more. were you after? Like once you you once you stepped down as CEO, what what was that like? It because was year, years and years and years of high level, high tension, um, lots on the line, putting out fires, and now all of a sudden, yeah. I would clean like kind of a clean slate in I, a way. For the first time in my life, I owed nobody anything. Like and and like like my my. That's what you said to me. That's what yeah, you said to me. My parents weren't right worried now. about me. My wife, like, and I were not concerned about money. Um, like, I'm at home and I have time with my children. Uh, like, uh, you know, I I felt good about what I'd accomplished. Uh, like it was like it was really good. Yeah. And then was there any loss? Any and then the boredom identity? and depression started. So, okay, so yeah, the the, yeah, the so hard the, stuff, so the, break, the breakdown, the, the identity. Uh, there's there's a little bit of an identity crisis, 
or uh, big time depression. identity crisis. But you don't want to, you don't, you never want to admit that stuff to yourself. And like depression, such an ugly word, right? But and I think I use it too loosely because it wasn't depression. It was like a state of reflection where I was sad. Like I was just like I was like I was sad at loss. And did you have the words for it at that time, or were you just kind of going through? So this is the thing. This is where like where like I think if I dealt with this five years ago, I wouldn't have been prepared to deal with it. But you're forced to deal with it when you're in the situation, right? So I didn't, I didn't even think about how I would feel, like the separation from something that I was so intimately involved with and that I like had up to that point such a big part in creating um, and then just walking away from it, like just not going to work one day. You weren't, it wasn't a walking away just, from it, but, but like, you know how some people would think, it's like, wow, you had this incredible exit like f- financially successfully and then you and then you can be depressed literally mo- like two months later it was just that, that's I was the just part like, where... like my phone wouldn't ring anymore right i wasn't important anymore like i was like uh like that's you weren't the re- important anymore i wasn't important i was king shit man i was king shit in like the biggest industry and the whatever and like and I was like, man, I love this feeling. Like, this is the best. Like, like people come to you. People come to you. Okay. You can make people do some work. Like, and then like you collaborate on on like really cool things with really cool people. Um, and then it's like, bam, like it just stops. That doesn't exist anymore. And you can't. And like, even the infrastructure that you built to help you is gone. And you have to like. And I was like, oh my god. Like, sure, I like I. You know, if I sell my shares, I have money. But then I'm like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I'm 33 years old. Yeah. I was 32 when it happened. You're, you're like just getting started. Yeah. Like, and, like, and a lot of the guys that I like seek guidance from, they're older. They're like, so like they're, in their, they're in their late 30s. They're in their 40s. And, and I'm like, uh, and like, so for them, it makes a little bit more sense. Like even just like inherently, they're just like, I'm a little bit older. Like I, I can, the idea of relaxing a bit more, not working full time, you know, like taking trips, doing whatever, like that stuff seem it makes more sense. But for me, I'm like, every single one of my buddies is grinding hard. Yeah. Like everybody's this hustling. Is the, this is the age. Yeah. So I'm just like, sure. Like to the extent that I worked really hard and I did, I like, I, and I picked the, the right opportunity and the, all that is good. But, um, a lot of people work this hard and don't get that. Right. And, and I'm, I'm very cognizant of that because I've failed a few times and I'm like, it's not like I worked any harder or, or whatever, but like things line up when they're supposed to. Um, and you can kind of impose your way sometimes. And I think as you get more mature, you realize when to push and when to pull back. Uh, but like, man, like all that stuff is like the, the, the new me, the shit, like the, 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 in, the more enlightened Bassem that, that was created after, <laughs> after this thing, I was like, like, I still don't know who, who I really am. Like, I, and I have some big visions. But well, what were you doing? Like, what kind of questions were you asking yourself during this what, time? What's the purpose of life? Yeah, because like, I know you, you said like, before that the money, money, like it was always about, I got to make a lot of money. Like, this is, this is what the answer is. Yeah. Imagine you reached your fuck you number like 20 years before you thought you would. That's a crisis. It's just, it's just, it's just like you can, if you want it to be a crisis, I like, so for the first little while I felt well, really, crisis in, in a way I felt really like, bad for myself. You know, I'm like, Oh my God, like you, you like uh, everybody screwed you and you, uh, but, but no one screwed me. Like, yes. like no one would consider what happened to me, me being screwed at all. 
And then so it was, just, it was part of that reflection process, like like you know, like the BCG moment, and like and fall, like failing at that first business. I'm just like, what did you do wrong, or what did what? Why are you feeling this way? Like, is it is it in you? Like, is it internal? Like, no one, nothing external is going to make you feel better. So like, yeah, there's no all, external pressure. There's no external expectation. No, and like and like, it's not like buying something expensive is going to make me feel good. Yeah. Right. Like it might fleeting, but like I'm not I'm not going to be satisfied. Like I'm not going to be full. So I, so I, uh, I like I just started. I'm like, okay, what, what's, like, what made me who I am? What, like, the best thing you can do, I, I think, and like the 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 conclusion that I've made fundamentally is like, I want to give back. Like, you have to give back because like, it's not fun to do things alone. In what way did did you, do you want to give back? Um. In what way do I, I? So remember how I said I don't owe anybody anything. I owe I owe. A group of people, something. I owe my community, like the Coptic Orthodox community. I really feel like I, I, if I can take the operational and money knowledge that I have right now and apply it to something that pretty much exclusively does good works, right? Like, what does that look like? Because yeah. you know, like I even thought about, it. like you know, like oh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and they all like they 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 they, they kind of like started something where they're not that I even think I'm close to them. I'm just like like, but these billionaires say are they going to donate ninety nine percent of their wealth when they die, right? But I'm like, but the world has problems now, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I get it. Like they're a bit set in their ways. They're older, and they've got like infrastructures that they have to support. I'm just now getting to build my infrastructure, um, and I'm like, okay, but. We might not make it to the time that I like, like, like there's some big things going on in the world, like, like hunger and, and, uh, health and climate, like all these things. And just like people just not generally being nice to each other anymore. Like forgetting like fundamental principles of what I would argue is every major religion. What's, what's closest to your heart when it comes to some of these challenges and what's missing in the world? Um, I'm, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Okay. Um, but r- right now, it's just, I think I think maybe over the last little while, and I don't know how long this little while is, but um, the, the human race has focused a bit more on what divides us than what makes us similar. So like, you know. I agree. Like, r- like racism, uh, sexism. Uh, pre- any other ism prejudice that you're just like oh you know what like I'm gonna make myself feel better by bringing you down or saying that you're lesser like or invalidating different invalidating someone else yeah you're, you're different than me so I don't like you right so like all that stuff is it, it, it doesn't like ring too well with me and I find that like there's a lot there's a lot of room for improvement so I'm like okay money's money's nice and I'm, I, I don't want to stop making money because it's it's Something I've now, I think, become good at, or I'm good, or at least I want to. I want to know. And a part of me is like, was I lucky, or, or am I good? So I want to start a new one and see, like, what's, like, what's next? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying. Like, there's no, there's no set answers. And anybody that thinks that like they have like the answers is probably a little full of shit. Yeah, that's the thing that I was really interested in is what what motivates you now. Um, I honestly think like. If I'm, if I'm help, trying to, trying to do something big for the world, I've done something big for myself. So that's enough. Yeah. You started with you. And yeah. Then now, now I'm like, okay, well if, can, can I, can I do this on a bigger scale? 
Like seriously, that's that's actually maybe what it comes down to. Is like, can I do it on a bigger scale? And what and, do you say? Well, what which way would that be? In what way do you think? I don't know. Like, there's part of me that's like, why don't you go into politics? There's a part of me that politics. Yeah, there's like, because you can't you can't change that stuff unless you like are in it. Like you have to, yeah. You, but then I'm like, I don't want to. Like, I, I like every time I come close to politics, I'm scared. Like, I'm I'm scared of getting into politics. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's one of the routes that I took when I was in university. I was poli sci, and I thought that that would be the direction I take. Um, but I, I I truly believe that there's something about entrepreneurs. And entre- you could be, can't you be like a political entrepreneur? I guess you could. Like, yeah, an entrepreneur with a cause, or just like, like have enough. Have the I, I think it just comes down to like people need to like I, I would. There's enough shitty influences in the world, like I'm. I think I'm just trying to make a conscious effort that I'm like you know what I might not be able to to and it makes me feel very uncomfortable to say this stuff but like if people are gonna because it's very egotistical, um, if people are gonna start looking at me a little bit more at least I want to set a good example. I think maybe that's fundamentally what it is. I want to be able to look. And have that honest conversation with myself and be like, am I the best version of me? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, you know, did you do your best? Well, am I doing my best at being whatever I am? Am I honest with myself about yeah, the now, things now that there's I a like? Responsi- there's a, a different kind of responsibility. Like people are going to start looking to you. You know, you know how you were looking I'm not for ready guidance? For you were looking for guidance. Yeah. You were looking for support from other people. Um, you're very much in a position where people are going to want to look at you for your, for your example and for your... Yeah, that scares me. For your wisdom. And, and that's part of the reason why I want you to come on to this show. Like, even, even indirectly, you just sharing your story and what you learned along the way. Yeah. Like, there's so many beautiful little tidbits and gold nuggets in there. Oh, that- I selfishly did this, by the way. You know that, right? <laughs> I, I selfishly did this because I've been meaning to write this down, this story down, before I forget it. Like, it's fresh in my mind right now, but I know in 10 years it's it so won't fresh. be. It won't be. When you, and when you listen back to this, you'll realize. I, I don't know. I might be embarrassed. It's like, a gem. <laughs> Is well, it? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, this is where like, uh, I started working with a few more like artsy people as opposed to corporate people. Uh, and you realize that as you create something, like you just gotta, you kind of gotta put it out there and be very raw. Right. And the more comfortable you are, but it comes down to this thing like just vulnerability, vulnerability, right? The, the, and that, I guess that kind of comes down to it. Like as the more vulnerable you make yourself, the, I think the better, you become, but you have to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it's but true a, a, a true vulnerability. A true, like, vulnerability. a true vulnerability is like you're risking something. You're yeah. risking not looking good, and it doesn't feel good inside yeah. to just let that stuff be out there. And I find that like that's powerful, but it's also uh, there's a depth in it because other people are like, wow, if you know, if if Bassam can take off the mask for a moment and take mm-hmm. off the the shield for a moment um, and show something of himself, like. It's like, what happens when I do that for myself? Yeah. What happens to the people around me when I do that? That's really the power, to me, I, I, at least, when it comes to oh, being sure. raw and real that way. That's, that's part of the reason why I created the show, is to well, have, people, have people from the outside. We might look at somebody like you and put you on a pedestal. We'd be like, it's like, wow, how could he do that? Like, oh, that would never have, I could never do something yeah. like that. Like, look at him. They might, like, they might not purposely or intentionally... Um, do that but that's as human beings we look at people from the outside and we lift them up in a way but what, what happens is like one of my coach says he says you know if you put put people on a pedestal all you're saying is one thing and one thing only and that is i am not enough 
Yeah, and that, that's actually it. And the job of this podcast for me is to humanize the success stories. So instead of lifting people up as like, wow, like this person is better than me, but just humanize them so it's like, wow, no, they're eye to eye. Like there's something in me that's the same as in them. I couldn't agree more. Like, and, and sorry, I was texting while you were saying that. But yeah, it was no. Just, it was like, like I didn't realize we were going to go this far over. But that's just like a sign that it was, it was like a great experience, at least for me. Um, my, I couldn't agree more because there's... The, oh, you know what? Here's a, a little tidbit that like gets me through a lot of this stuff. The more exposed I get to... Or the more exposure I get to great people, the more I realize that they're just like us. You know, like they do, but they have clarity, they have focus, like they're, they're, uh, like they know like where they're going and what they're trying to do. So it makes their life easier. Like they're not distracted as easily. Yeah. Right. So, um, I completely agree. Like we are all the same, you know, and and because I think we're more the same than we are different. And I think you're, I, I totally agree with you. It's, I think it's time that we start coming from a place of okay how am i like them and how are they like me more yeah i mean of course there's there's importance in in some of the distinctions and and the, di- and the differences but when sure. we, when you go to the far extreme of that then it turns into tr- like to me it turns into trouble and that's not for me that, that's not the evolution of of human being the no. evolution of human being is seeing how we're how we're similar and how we're all part of the same freaking team yeah, and like if you could like somehow, oh, the the inside Terrasend we built like a it was like a beautiful community, and I didn't realize like how fast it, it grew and like how and like everybody came from different walks of life, different religions, different whatever, but like we all had a common goal. Yeah, and it was positive, right? Right same now, vision. same vision, right? So I'm just like, okay, well, like how can how can we do that on a broader scale that's not just money related? Right, because like money's cool, and I know, but you can do, you can make money, and like take care of the people that are helping to achieve this goal, and to invite others to join. So, those are like some big. You're like in, so, in the in the realm of possibility right here. Like, there's so many things. That you so, can like, do. if you if you cast that broad of a net, you can do anything. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, can you solve like uh, climate? I think climate change is one of the biggest things that like that it's like it scares me. Yeah. Not not because I'm like I know there's climate believers and climate deniers and all this other shit, but I'm like there's it's undeniable that like from in my memory of the world things are getting a little bit more screwy. Like <laughs> like you know like <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just like I'm like yeah, you know what like but I'm like I'm not it's willing to take that risk. Shifted. And the thing that and there's really no reason except for the fact that we would have to fundamentally change Mm -hmm. people that make a lot of money right now would probably not make a lot of money anymore and new kinds of money would be made that have whatever and most people make those decisions sadly financially Mm -hmm. like what 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 are the biggest drivers behind like uh there's a a paradigm shift that's about to happen it's like it's 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 emerging slowly starting but the, the the thing that i'm afraid of is that the guys that that or the people that that and this is very conspiracy theory esque but like I don't want the same. The, the, like I don't. There needs to be a changing of the guard, not just a changing of the technology. Mm-hmm. Like the, the stewards of of like of this shit have to change and have to have a a more uh, 
more uh, progressive view on the world. And then if you empower those people, you'll start to see like, a, like it'll the like ripple inter- effect. Yeah, it ripples, right? I feel like we need to have a part two of this. I don't, because maybe there's, because there's, so, there's so much change, to talk part about. Two. There is, but we but, have to go. Like it's two we, hours, right? Yeah. I will, I, before before we head off, I would just love to know what would you say are uh, three things if you could tell yourself the version of you from four years ago, yeah. just starting yeah. TerraSend, What what would you say? What would you recommend? How would you give that Bassam advice? Don't give up. Number one. Um, don't rob yourselves of opportunity to learn, like from the people around you, and and like and make the extra effort to 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 learn the things that you you know you need to know, and be very very honest with yourself, like fundamentally like. In your room, Beautiful. under your covers, like, like be <laughs> like honest, for like, real. Yeah, like just be for real. Like no, like don't. You don't even have to tell anybody. But like, if you, if you can, if you can be honest with yourself, like even if you fail, who cares? Mm-hmm. You tried. You tried your best. Incredible. Yeah. And how can people get a hold of you? How can they find you? Oh, I'm um, on like LinkedIn and they're Instagram. They're going to want you to speak. They want you to come to the, to be on their podcast. Oh, I, yeah, that's like, that's book. very nervous. Okay, so am, how do they find you? And I'm on Instagram. I actually don't know my it's handle. Bassem Is it Bassem underscore Hannah? H-A-N-N-A. B-A-S-E-M underscore H-A-N-N-A is my Instagram handle. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook. Um, I do have LinkedIn. You do have Facebook. You're just not I really. Just you never, don't like, do like, yeah, I don't even like it, log yeah. into that. It was like a, a huge time suck. Things that suck your time are you like social it. media. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Facebook was like uh, is too much for me. Oh, before we go, what would you say to the people listening? What's an action item for them? Well, what would you What do you recommend to them? First of all, if you listen for the entire like hour and they will fifty two minutes that this was like, thank you. You guys are troopers. Um, what would I say? I don't know, man. Like, just like, don't put me or anybody else on a pedestal. Like, we're all fucking normal. And like, it, like, you know, I apologize in advance if like, like, if you get turned down or if people don't answer your messages, like myself or anybody else included. Like, don't don't let it like affect you that much. Keep asking. Keep asking questions. Keep pushing. Like, it's like, I, man, the amount of rejection that I've received is like I. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of thousands like so it's just and the more comfortable you get with that stuff the the likely better you'll be amazing love it thanks dude it's such an honor to have you on the show man my pleasure man this was so much fun and like therapy for me oh beautiful yeah it was great thank you for coming on man thanks man thanks for having me this episode is brought to you by reinvention roadmap a two-day workshop experience i run to help you gain clarity direction and confidence in navigating your next big breakthrough the next reinvention roadmap is happening the weekend of march 2nd and march 3rd of 2019 if you are a high achiever and realize that all the things that got you to the success that you are won't get you to what's next this is for you We train you in the 10 steps of aligned reinvention, the framework I use with my one-on-one clients over a 12 to 18 month period, synthesized into two jam-packed days. If you're ready for the next level of power and possibility in your life, relationships, and business, head over to reinventionroadmap.ca for tickets and details. And as a special thank you for being a committed listener to the show, use the promo code OMSHOW to save yourself 10% off. Seats are limited to 12, so get your tickets now at reinventionroadmap.ca, promo code OMSHOW. 
This episode of the show is brought to you by Oliver's Picks. This is a monthly newsletter that I send out every single month to my subscribers. It's completely exclusive, meaning it won't be posted anywhere else. Guys, I devour so much material and I try so many different things, whether it be books, resources, tools, processes, strategies, things that will improve our level of making an impact on the world, our ability to be leaders in the world, our ability to perform at high levels or live great lives or just just straight up enjoy. So if you are interested in the top five things that I send out to my subscribers every single month, drop into your inbox, go to olivermanalise.com forward slash picks and sign up for the newsletter today. If you'd like to be in touch on the interwebs, I'm fairly active these days on Instagram. You can find me under my full name at Oliver Manalise. I share a ton of posts about life, love, and leadership. And if you have any feedback or suggestions about the show, please hit me up with a DM. And that is all. It is a true honor to have you as a listener. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you next time.